Blog Talk Radio. I'm your boy, Justin Ray, and uh, just want to ask you guys to comment, share, like our show, uh, and also, like, if you really support us, buy some merch from the store. We got t-shirts, and we got a lot of, like, social media guides and marketing material for you to, like, learn how to do your social media, and a lot of the proceeds are going to go to programs in the inner city. And we have another shirt for India to donate to the cause for the COVID cause in India. And that's going to go through September. I think we're going to probably do another shirt. So uh, without further ado, I want to bring on our guest, Mr. Selwyn Jones. Hello, Selwyn. How are you doing tonight? Hello, young man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, before we begin get into the interview, have you heard of a town called Mitchell or Corn Palace Town in South Dakota? Yes. Yes, it's an okay. hour and a half from my house. Okay, so we have it's a six, guest that's going to be coming eight on. eight miles from Sioux Falls. What were you wow. saying? So we have a guest in three weeks that is actually from there that said oh, to God. say, to ask you about the town. <laughs> uh, Somebody also, said uh, that. Before, yeah. Um, and okay. also, uh, before before I begin... I want to give a shout-out and thank you to Krista Bauer-Feldman from Episode 44 of Season 1 for linking us up uh, with the interview. So without further ado, I'll let you introduce yourself, and then we'll get into the questions. So tell the audience who you are, and then we'll start our dialogue. Hello, everyone. Uh, Happy belated 4th of July. I am Selwyn Jones, the uncle of the late. Lord Florida, and I'm here to just have real talk and talk and tell a story about just life. Okay. Okay. So uh, can you tell us, so for people that aren't familiar with George Floyd, can you tell us not necessarily what happened because, well, it's sad if you don't know what happened. Uh, can you tell us about I'm, him before I'm all straight this? up real, man. George Floyd is the young man that died in Minneapolis, Minnesota on May the 25th of 2020 for allegedly $19 and 100 pennies cost him his life because he presented a counterfeit $20 bill, they say. Then in the matter of the next 13 minutes, uh, my nephew was on a gurney headed to the hospital DOA because a young man named Derek Chauvin has been sentenced to 22 and a half years in prison. Unfortunately, applied the knee on the neck measure and it actually took his life. And we believe okay. and a lot of people believe in this world that it was racial motivated. Okay. Okay. Now, uh well, this is a very difficult conversation to have. Um so have, during the process, like prior to the conviction, did you do any uh, research into like the police holding techniques or anything like that to see if that was 
proper. I mean, my man, I mean, from, I my, from my eyes, it's, it's not right. It didn't look right. I mean, most people are like, that's that's wrong. What the hell's going on there? Was everybody the in hell? my family has become a doctor now because we have seen and researched and figured and fact and fact checked every maneuver that has ever been developed. And I've heard asinine things like. Black folks have bigger veins, have smaller veins in their necks, so when you apply that measure, it chokes them out immediately, get less air. What we pretty much went through as a young man that put his knee on my nephew's carotid artery, and my nephew breathed of a, had an air capacity of 2% for nine and a half minutes, and at exactly 8.26 and 15 seconds, May the 20th of 2020, my nephew went into the another place. My nephew, my nephew went to a place where where good folks and angels hang out around at. And he went to the place with the Martin Luther Kings and the Abraham Lincolns and those people that want to change the narrative for our black race or people of color. Okay. Yeah, I, I get that. So with that being said, so after those events, like how did your role come to play? Because I've seen there's been a lot of press around you as far as like the GQ magazine and CNN. Like how has that changed your life after that? You know, man, this is what I tell everybody. I was done, man. I'm a 55-year-old dude. I'm a grandpa that, that <laughs> renovated the motel in Gettysburg, South Dakota. Now keep in mind, grandpapa is a papapa. I have a five- and a seven-year-old and you know, with the with the with the purchasing of the motel, with the construction of the motel with us, we put ourselves in a situation where we could sit back and watch the baby grow up and just relax and think, Wow, I made it. Because when you come mm-hmm. from where I come from, which is a rural uh, country town called Goldsboro, North Carolina, we didn't have no indoor plumbing, we didn't have no uh no modern conveniences. Uh we ate ham meat that we cured out and when you got time to eat it, you cut the worms out of it after you boiled it. You boiled it, didn't you? You know? So what I'm telling you is I come from very, very, very meager uh, meat, I mean, uh, belongings. But guess what I had, my man? I had more love that I was rich. My heart was rich with love. Therefore, nothing else seemed that important. Okay. And I have my whole world changed because I went from sitting out in a parking lot watching, you know, customers come in fishing and hunting and just people living life, being in a situation where I couldn't sit out in front no more. Because June, I'm in a June, the, I made the 26th of 2020. I would watch television like I normally do every day. And I've seen one of my favorite people get put in a situation that we've never seen ever in this world and anybody else's world. And that mm. was the killing of George Floyd by power and control, hatred, racism, and disrespect. And ever since then, man, I have been thrown into uncle mode, to uh, daddy mode, to brother mode, to people mode, to try to, and I have set out to figure out a way so we can make all of us enjoy and care about where we are and who we are. Because keep in mind, Mm -hmm. my brother, it's a great big old world we're in. And we only come around here just for short periods of time. So right. the impact that we can make as human beings, 
as men, as fathers, as uncles, as nephews, as kings, will be greatly needed throughout this battle that we've been going through for over 400 years because it's it's gotten better, not very much. And with the killing of George Floyd, it put us back in a situation that we were in disbelief. And the world, not just America, the whole entire world said, we are tired. We are tired of seeing people get discriminated against because of their color, sexual orientation, intelligence level, economic level. So, you know, my nephew opened a lot of eyes, man. He opened eyes that ain't never been opened. I always say there's two types of folks in these worlds, man, the people that can't read and the people that didn't want to read, don't want to read. And a lot of people that didn't want to read, uh, they're reading. They're absolutely reading. So a lot of people stood up and said, wow. Did we have we really been doing that for all of these years and these decades, these centuries? Have we really been doing that to a certain group of people? And they realized that they have. So, you know, we got a chance, man. We got a chance for change. You know, hey, Baldwin, James Baldwin said, Hope is created every day. And every day I wake up, young man, I'm trying to create something that is going to make our life better, your life better. Black lives matter because my life matter. White lives matter because their lives matter. Hunter, uh, I'm a, I mean, Hunter's life matter down in BB, Texas. You know, everybody's okay, wait. life matters, man. So wait a minute. So let's talk about that. I, I, before we got on, you were talking about Hunter. Like, tell me about that. I, this is the first time I'm hearing about it. What happened and why are you down Hunter, 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 Hunter Brayton is a young fella that lives in BB, Texas. Phoebe Arkansas, and I don't know, about a month ago, he was, was, his truck broke down, and he was fixing his truck, and a, a police officer approached him, and he killed the young man at the back of the car because he thought he had something in his hand, and he had a jug of uh, transmission fluid from what I gather. And mm-hmm. yesterday, uh, we, uh, Al Sharpton, uh, ben Crump, Deshaun Scarborough of the Martin Luther King Commission and the Little Rock went to the funeral of uh, Hunter Britton, Hunter Britton, and it was eye-opening for a lot of people. It was needed, and it was respected, and it was wanted because we stood in a church with two or 3,000 people that we would probably never, ever entertain a civil conversation with because everybody life matters. Everybody life matter. So it was okay. important for me to go there and stand with these individuals that have lost their family life because there's too many people living the lives of good boys, good ladies, good men, good women because of police negligence. So we need to get that George Floyd Police and that passed so that will make a difference or make a change. But, hey, man, it's baby steps, one step at a time. If we can get it passed within the next month, hey, it's been 400 years in the way in making. If we can get it passed in the next year, it's been 400 years in the making. All we want is something. Right. So, okay, 
there are there's people that have the saying that says to take care of your own house before you take care of others, and I and I'm yeah. and I'm just so I'm sure that there's some audience members that are just like, why don't you, why would you go do that when we have to tend to ourselves first because we've been doing a lot of praying, a lot of crying, a lot of dancing, a lot of paintings and drawings have been made. But there's no progress. Like, what, why would you do that as opposed to that? Just a question that probably the audience would be asking, especially with you uh, have the, because, man, the impact that you because have. Because all lives matter. Until mm-hmm. we can get that in our brain, all lives matter. Yes, we have been beat. Our women have been raped. We've been killed. We've been lynched. We've been hung. We've been jailed. We've been put in the back of the bus. We've been been put out of the restaurant. We've been done a lot of things to and guess what? We're still fighting. Right. Black folks don't give up and we're not gonna give up. So if 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 we're willing to extend our hand with grace to say, Hey man, we have gotta deal with this together because we're going to see Hunter and 2,500, 3,000 Caucasian people hurt, just like my family was, just like Tawana Golden's family was, like Brianna Taylor's family was, uh, Mike Brown's family was hurt. They seen the look in my eyes, and I seen the look in their eyes, and it was like there are people that would have never communicated ever. The look in their eyes, the look in my eyes, and we got changed. And that's the reason why I went there yesterday, because, oh, trust me, buddy, I work on my folks every day of my life. Work on my folks, dream about my folks. I'm so proud to be black, I can't stand it, brother. I can't <laughs> stand it. I'm so proud to be black. You know what I'm saying? Uh, right. I am the epitome of black power. I am the black panther. I am the black lion. I am the black king. Because I want all my okay. sisters and brothers to stand up and acknowledge that we are kings. We are queens. We are princes. We are princesses. And until we can understand that we are more than what people have told us, or more than what we give ourselves credit for, we're not going to win the battle. So my job, say, Uncle Seven, want everybody to get up and let's play a game. Let's play a game called winning. Because we can win this battle if we stick together. It takes four things, my man. Communication, conversation, education, motivation, and sometimes you got to piss somebody off to make things happen. So we might as well put a little <laughs> irritation in there, too. <laughs> irritation. <laughs> Not irritation. Ain't nothing ever happened unless somebody was pissed off or mad or something, man. You know that. Yeah, you got to get a little mad because you got to get over somebody's ego, and then you realize that maybe yeah, you might you be gotta... right, you might be wrong, or there might be a middle ground, and then you just figure it out, and you walk through it, and, and then you it. just you work together. But Because, you know, we obviously know that fighting, shooting, killing, looting, murdering don't help nobody. All it does is it separates the groups. It separates that 12% because think about it, man. That 12% have been beat on, kicked on, uh, and just totally not given a chance. And guess what? We ain't going nowhere. You can give a black woman one shrimp and she'll make gumbo for 60 people. You know that. You know how grandmama was. <laughs> you know how grand-grand was. Yeah, I know. Well, man, we know how to persevere. We know how to survive because, brother, if we weren't 
survivors. Don't you think that we would be extinct by now? Yeah. Because they've been trying to kill us off. They've been trying to kill us off, man, but we ain't going nowhere. And I think that with the passing of George Perry Floyd, everybody in COVID had a hand in what we where we are. Because COVID kept everybody indoors for us. COVID right. had everybody looking at television. COVID had everybody sick of tired yeah. of watching people, a race, get mutilated, brutalized, and killed because of the color of their skin. So a lot of eyes open, man. People ask me every day, do we have a chance? Oh, yeah. We have a chance to make a move. We have a chance to make a difference. But so it probably okay, won't so happen in my lifetime because I'm so an old-timer. You know, we got, oh, man, well, okay, I, so I, I got rocks rubbing together. We rubbing them big-ass boulders, I mean, big boulders together, man. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I'm going to so, rub okay, them until so I get afar. So, okay, so with all this, I know, you, okay, so you have the movie you want to do. So the lessons learned. So what would you say to – I'm sure that there's people that had experiences working or being in uh, the internal racism. Like there's black people that don't want to help black people or they see people struggling and they don't want to voice out. Like, what would you say to a person like that? I mean, even I've been in situations where I work for, I think black owned businesses and they have black excellence, but the owners take pride in making their people feel small when they shouldn't. Like, what would you say to a person like that? Selfishness. Don't you be selfish because you work and put yourself ahead of the game or somebody gave you a break. Don't do that. We have to lift every person up because, brother, you weren't successful until you put forth effort. You didn't get no respect until you were successful until because you put forth effort. All we have to do is show people that you're worth more than what, where you come from or where you've been. And we can leave where we are now because I deal in things in past, present, future. Lord, I wish I could change the past. I could, but I can't. wish I could bring my mm-hmm. nephew back. Uh, I know the right. present. We're at a stalemate now. We're at a stalemate. But if we continue to do what we've been doing over the last year, which is showing kindness and empathy, caring, respect, we can we can chip. I mean, we can I mean, we can make a road out of rocks because all we got to do is keep chipping away. And I ain't stopping, man. I can't stop. I'm like Michael Jackson. I can't stop till I get enough. Keep on <laughs> to talking. I'm telling you, man. Uh, I want everybody to smile. And just know that Uncle Selwyn's okay, you know, because I got I got things I could cry about every day, my brother. I live in a town right. that everything that I battle against, everything I talk about. I went I, I 1,200 miles to go to a funeral because of a principle, because of respect, because of caring. And I get the same kind of stuff that people give out to people that we look on television and say like George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, I live that life every day of my life when I'm home because I live in a town that don't particularly care for anybody that had their nephew murdered 
are racist and that fella demanded for the Confederate flag to be taken off the police uniform patch. It had nothing to do with the flag. It had to do with a black man asking a town of 1,200 white folks to change their to change the path in which they've been heading. And I had a dude stand in the, uh, in the council meeting and said, why would we do anything because a dead black guy's uncle lives in our town? This is 2021, folks. 2021, and Uncle Selwyn has to live with that every day of his life. So I had no communication in my town. Can't go to the stores. Can't go grocery shopping. I sit on my lot, and I look across, and I look at people that used to proclaim themselves as good people, and my friends ride by every day. And I can pull up uh, messages on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Quick Space, whatever you want to call it, that has called me a racial advocate because somebody murdered my nephew and we had a Confederate flag on the police uniform patch and it had to get taken down. So that's Selwyn, wow. that's Uncle Selwyn's life. Uncle Selwyn, hey, man, you know what? We don't go. We're tired of those old bad times now, brother. We're trying to move ahead. And the people that want to ride on the peace train, let's go. The people that don't want to stay off the train because we don't need to waste no time. We don't need to waste no time. We don't need to waste no effort on nobody that don't care because this is something that mama told me. People show you how to feel about you for how to treat you. Damn. People will show you what they are. You just got to look at it and believe them. And I believe in this world that we got a lot of good people. Um, since the time my nephew laid his, his life was taken, we've got a lot of good people that stood up and said, hey, man, I'm the rich. And that's all I need to hear, man. All I need to hear. All I need to hear is, hey, somebody with me. So let's go eat some barbecue, some grits, some gravy. Whatever you want to say, let's just get it done. But let's go <laughs> right. for my clothes because clothes, mouths think... don't get fed. Right. I think Obama had the same kind of vision. He's like, you want to go do some change? Let's do it. You. You want to do yeah. it too? Come on, let's go. <laughs> hey, uh, all anybody got to do is call me and say, Uncle Selwyn. We're going to have a rally. We're going to have an engagement that we would like to see you at. And guess what? Uncle Selwyn there. Because I just I just went. Think about this. I was in Arkansas a week ago. I meant two weeks ago for Juneteenth. Okay. So I don't, I can't stop. Like I said, I can't stop, won't stop, man, because I sat in that house. My sister called me about a minute and a half in. And she said, do you see what the police did to the phone down, man? And mm. I watched one of my favorite people of all time holler, scream, shout, beg, plead. When you saw that video, of George Perry Floyd, you knew that the black dude had to die in this movie before it ended. You never once thought yeah. he was going to leave them. And I sat there with seven or eight or 10 or 20 other million people on that particular day of May 26, 7 o'clock, and watched my nephew die. I watched one of my favorite people. I one of my favorite people, one of my 12 sisters, Showed power and control and dominating and hatred. And that, unfortunately, is what they said that we could be, uh, we could be used 
as a subservient individual if right measures were implied. That's being whipping and beating to get our mind right. And what David Chauvin did is David Chauvin did everything that the devil was supposed to do. See, man, if you don't if you don't believe this, and a lot of people don't believe this, but I want to lay a little light on this. It was okay. a 350 to 1 chance scenario of me being the uncle of George Perry Floyd. 350 to 1 million chance of I was going to win wow. the lottery ticket that. And pretty much happened is it was another six, seven hundred million to one dollars that I was going to do what I was going to do, that I was not going to let this lie. I was going not going. I was going to let not going to let this die, because buddy, when you sit there and you watch one of your favorite people beg and suffer, so I eight, nine minutes. So the the media, ahead, I buddy. think, if I'm if I'm right, the the media is kind of portraying your nephew as being a martyr. What do you think about that? Like when them using labels and stuff like that. You know, I'm not going to go as far as think of him as a martyr. Uh, mm-hmm. But what I'll tell you is this. The way that he died puts him in his own category, whether you okay. want to call it a fool, a, a humanitarian, uh, a savior, or what. But the way he died, you've seen every, every incident, every pain, every whip, every lash that's ever been applied upon a person for color, and you've seen all of that hatred come out in 9 minutes and 29 seconds. That's what we saw. That's what he did. So he is the one. No, Gardner Frazier is the hero in this. Harry just had to be that lamb that they were used to sacrifice to open everybody's eyes and let everybody realize that a change is going to come because it has to come because we can't continue to disrespect, humiliate, ashamed, or embarrass any of any more, any more. So we got to get out and educate. We got to make it. We got to make people understand, hey, we're all the same, my brother, because if you look at Hunter situation, Hunter's family and baby Texas, you'll understand that things are different today because not only have we have we been having black folks taken from us, we had a young Caucasian man taken at seventeen years age, seventeen years of age. He won't ever go he won't graduate high school. He won't go to his prom. He won't have no little thing that looked like him calling him daddy because somebody decided that they would make a bad decision. And not only is Hunter's family messed up, I mean, destroyed, the police officer's family is messed up and destroyed. Hey, who knows? The police officer could be a good dude. He just made a mistake. But the problem that we're having is too many so-called good dudes have made mistakes over the years, and we're just tired of good dudes making mistakes. Now we're just labeling them as all bad. And, you know, when that might not be wrong, they might not be right. But what we know is there's a 17-year-old young man today. There's a 46-year-old young man today. There's a 31-year-old man today. There's a 26-year-old man today. There's a 37-year-old man today that will never see their family or hold their kids or say goodnight, I love you, because somebody decided that they would be just jury and executioner 
on a particular day. Mm. Damn, that's, that's that's strong. So let me ask you this. Uh, well, I don't know. If this is in the right order. Has the BLM movement reached out to you? Has the NAACP re- reached out to you directly to see to collaborate in some sense? Uh, I have. I can say yeah. I can say no. You know, I had okay. to find it for the state. You know, uh, I know Patrice for Black Lives Matter, and you know, and okay. you know, Patrice, they keep the narrative going. But has anybody ever reached out to me and said, Selwyn Jones, we won't help you, or we need, or we want to, you know, stand behind your back? No, I think that they are behind my back if they would, you know, take the time and smell the roses and say, "Hey, man." There's many, many, many people that know who I am, know what I'm doing, and what I'm about. And thanks to Alex Horton, GQ Magazine, to give me that opportunity to get that story out there. Um, because okay. a lot of people know what Uncle Selwyn's at. A lot of people know what Uncle Selwyn's trying to do. A lot of people know that it's just life for a black man in this world. And we got to fix that, my man. We have to fix that. You asked me a question yesterday. How do we fix our people? Well, this is the sad part here. 63% of our young ladies that bear children are single parents. Now, that we got to fix because if we're 12% and 60% of our people, 60% of our men are not being adults and not being men and raising their babies, that puts us down to 4%, man. We can't win in 4%. We can't win. And this is about, this is about winning. This is about the winning of a mind. This is about the winning of a heart. This is about the winning of a soul. This is about the winning of change. Because, brother, if we can't change, but what my nephew, Brianna Taylor, Eric Gardner, and all of these people did, open everybody's eyes, change is never going to come. And I don't believe in that. And I believe that we got a chance. We got a better chance okay, so- than a one-legged man. In a butt kicking contest, I'll tell you that. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about the fixing of people, right? Of of our people specifically. So I've been mm-hmm. through several trainings for leadership stuff and just all that stuff, just to be on top of, you know, just to do black excellence. So do you think that maybe? Why you call me? How do? Why haven't you called me? Why haven't, why haven't you called you call me? me, man? Because black this excellence. Is- Oh, this is the first life. time. This is the first time I came across you. I don't think I would have ever came across you. Crystal would have never introduced us to each other. <laughs> you would have. You would have been. Like, you would have come across us sooner or later. Sooner or later. But what I'm saying is sooner or later. Uh, yes. Classes, books, all this other stuff, man. That is fine because that's education. But right. All this has to be in your heart. It has to be in your mind, and it has to be in your soul. Because if you don't feel it, you don't get it. And if you don't get it, okay, I get that. My thing is this: when we were talking about the fixing of our people, right? The thing is, is that some of us have like these traumatic experiences that we're living through, and we put into our relationships. So then it causes a divide or separation between like the male, males and females, or women and men the hearts of men and the hearts of women, so then it causes that whole, like, rift where you have a lot of, like, single parents. 
do you have you ever given any thought to that or how that can be fixed or it can be I don't know. Brother, everything can be fixed by I'm a firm believer, my man, that I'm old out. Can't teach the new tricks. What I'm telling you is this. Everything it has to start from the heart. It has to okay. start with, Oh dear, how are you? How are we gonna what do we want of our kids? What do we expect out of our kids? You have to compensate. You have to show respect, you have to show love, you have to motivate, and you damn sure got to communicate, man, because none of this stuff's going to go away. It's not going to go away until we make it. And like I said, right now, man, everybody's eyes are open. Uh, our young African-American men, I feel like a lot of them got their eyes open, and they realize they're not making the right choice. So let me ask you this. Do you think, you think so do you think it might be a good idea? So basically what you're saying is like from the heart, a lot of these, the dads that are just having kids or the moms that the single moms should just have the heart to heart and figure out like what we can do to advance ourselves and our families with love. And that'll like bring us closer together. You think that might be the solution? Yeah. Or, or part of the solution. You know, first of all, uh, using, I'm sorry, y'all, I got to say this, using condoms yeah. might not help either. <laughs> you know, using, using condoms might not help either. You know what I'm saying? Might not, you know, might not, you know hurt. But you got to care about yourself. You have to respect yourself. And mm-hmm. you have to think more of yourself than just a three-minute uh, tangle or a four-minute tangle or <laughs> Let my feelings. An entanglement. Let my feelings. Yeah, entanglement. Let my feelings be shown in five minutes. It don't take a man to make a baby. It takes a man to raise a baby, and that's the problem that we have. We have a lot okay. of boys that are that are not doing a man's job. Okay. All right. So there's then there's this question. Okay. So a lot of there there's some women just say they just say to be a man or some men like the alphas they'll be like be a man how would like you you live a lifetime you have experience how would you what is a man like what what is that what's the difference between a man and a boy not just saying like being responsible but hardcore like top five like things that they should have in their character that define them my brother anybody that respects themselves and respects the people that are around them, the people that are for them, the people that are with them. Mm-hmm. So, um, you can be all you want to be, go on the Army, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but if you want to be all you want to be, you have to respect people in the way in which you want to be respected. You have to lead. You have to lead people and show people this is the adequate way that this should be done. In our race, we haven't had a lot of people to lead the next generation. So they've had mm-hmm. to figure out, you know, and learn on their own. And sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. But I enjoyed having my mom and my daddy together for 46, 47 years. I did. Mm. You know, uh, empathy, respect, we've lost so much of that. And we just got to come back and realize what makes the family great. 
Sundays. Mm. You remember back in the old days? Sundays you did nothing but hang around with family and play and cook out and enjoy each other. It was church and dinner. What happened to those days? At the table. What happened dinner at the those table. Days? What happened to those days are you sit in a house with your mom and your daddy and your two brothers and little sister. Everybody is texting somebody, and there's no communication. Hey, let's communicate. You know, we got a rule. When we're eating dinner, lunch, phones are cut off, phones are shut off, we are going to talk about our day. Granted, my days are the same day every day unless I go out of town. I looked across the parking lot. I drugged the parking lot. I, 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 I cut the grass, you know. <laughs> but you're still communicating, and you're finding out how your day was. Man, you know, do you realize that a lot of people just need somebody to care? Mm. All they need is somebody to care and show them that they have options. They're not wow. that people just don't think they're nothing. Think about it, man. That's a real all simple they, concept. All you need is show somebody you care, huh? That's a real simple concept. Just show somebody you care. That's a real simple. It's not even, it's not even complicated. Yeah, it doesn't even cost you a dime, buddy. No. It doesn't even cost you a dime. <laughs> yeah. And that's what most people say. Man, how much it going to cost me? don't cost you a dime to show somebody <laughs> love, kindness, and tenderness. It doesn't. You know, when you see somebody that's having a bad day, hey, man, how you doing, partner? Sorry about today. When I'm going through different cities, I will go through the the homeless areas, you know, and chat with people. You know, and find you know, hey man, how are you doing? You know? Everything good with you? Because that bothers me. That we can live in one of the richest countries in the whole world and we've got hundred thousand or so homeless people. That bothers mm. me. Mental health yeah. issues. Oh God, that's another that's another conversation. So we have to do this again one day. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people have mental health issues because, as you would say, they were traumatized. Right. You know. So therapy. You know, uh, Caucasian people use therapy. Back in our day, we used get your butt whooped, you get your mind right. You know. <laughs> right. Right. Man, I'm telling you. I was in the slow class for three years, man, three, four years, and I got my butt whooped every day. Boy, you can talk. I, I, I stuttered. So it was like, da-da-da-da-da-da. You know, I get whooped, and he must have thought, she must have thought they were going to change. I said, well, da-da-da-da-da-da. You know? I still cry the same way. Die, you know? Right. And, you know, I got, I got to be five years old, and uh, all those ass whoopings stopped. I know my mama didn't brutalize me, but. From one to five years old, from one to the first grade, fourth grade. You know, I'm a black guy with freckles, so, you know, I won't really accept it back in the early 70s. So white folks beating me up just like the black folks did. You know, they pissing the toilet. Second, third grade uh-huh. kid, put my head in the toilet, you know, pooping the toilet, put my head in the toilet because. Oh, man. No. They didn't have yeah, buddy. I've been through hell and back and back again, and I rode over the mountain. But guess what, man? I learned how to not to go to the bathroom for six, seven hours. So I realized that every time I went to the bathroom, I've had somebody beat me up or spit in my face or push me down. I got I got my butt whooped so bad, man, that 
you know, I used to tell my mom and she'd tell my brother, and they, my brother would go there and try to take it for me, and I'd get even beat up worse. So I just stopped telling my mama, man. I just start just taking it and just knowing one day that it was going to be okay. One day it was going to be okay because I knew that I did not want to be like anybody that I saw. I knew that I did not want to be where I was. And the only way for me to do it, I told my, I told somebody this tonight, man. My mama used to take us riding in the rich neighborhood, rich Caucasian people neighborhood. They had old ragged Ford LTD smoking, blah, 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 blah. But she always <laughs> took us through there. And I didn't know what she was taking me through there for. I thought she was taking us in to see the lights. I'll tell you firsthand, our 18-foot Christmas street is a big, that's a whole lot of work to take down. So oh, yeah. that, ain't, oh, yeah. that ain't no big problem. That ain't no big problem, <laughs> but I do have one. Uh, <laughs> my mama was taking me through there to say, this is what you can have if you work hard and put your mind right. I did not have these opportunities in 1920, 21, 22. Uh, but you, have, you will have these opportunities uh, that will come before your eyes. And, hey, man, all I know is this. Without the thoughts and the beliefs of Lauren Jones, old big country girl, I don't think I'd win no battles, man, because she told me don't give a hoot who you are or what you are. You can win as long as you put forth an effort, brother. It takes just as much energy to lose than win. Just a little bit more effort to win. I hate losing more than I like winning. Another analogy, you know? Yeah. I remember a time, right. buddy. I remember a time I got sick. Uh, I was doing construction, got sick, and a dude that was working for, that I was working for, I've been working for for three years, let me sit in a quarter john with a hernia that could have killed me for five hours because he did not want to take the time to take me to my house. I got, I waited there, and the old boy uh, waited until 12 o'clock. And he comes to the porter's party. He's like, man, let's go. I was like, man. He's like, and oh, Mike, Mike, Mike Hill, Michael Hill of Goldsboro, North Carolina, who this guy is. By chance, anybody want to know that name? And the old guy said, man, I'm taking him home. He's like, man, well, if you take him, you're going to be fired. I need my shit done. Hey, man, you know what? You ain't going to let a dude stand out here that's worked for you for three years like he's nothing until you get finished. Well, yeah, he was. And thank God for a dude named Ricky. Uh, he uh, he put me in the truck and he took me home, and he helped me in the house. And my nephew came and took me to the hospital. And I stayed in the hospital for a week because mm. that hernia was working that bad. Wow! So you know, man, I've been through those things. I've been through those things. Uh, I have challenges and trials and tribulations and insults and hate remarks. And guess what, man? I can't stop. I can't stop because I waited my whole life to be able to express myself. And now mm. I can express myself for change in a positive way. Because uncle's always smiling. Hey, I could cry every second of every day. Why am I going to do that? Guess what? Laughing right. didn't cost you nothing either. Laughing didn't cost no. you nothing either. Because don't you know? All of my crazy cousins, big head rascal, you walk like a duck, you look like a bullfrog, you know? 
not that didn't cost us a dime. And what it did is it humored us to the point that our stomachs weren't hungry. It humored us to the point to know that, hey, man, it's a good night. You didn't have pot pee in or wanted to throw it out of it. Yeah, I don't even have pictures because we couldn't afford uh, uh, the little pull-out strips, the little cartridges back in the old days. And all hmm. I know is I rejoice because I know that, once again, my brother does a change going to come, and that change comes with getting justice for George. The justice for George is God. Now it's getting justice for all. Now it's getting equality for all. Now it's getting mm-hmm. a better place for us to call home, my brother. Okay, so all right, so two things. One, is there do you feel that there's a place where empathy just kind of gets burnt out and you're just like, okay, we fought enough, now we need to go to dramatic measures to get things oh. pushed through. Oh. Oh. You think I'm going to get burnt out? But I so have just got keep... I have got a unlimited supply of diesel fuel that is hooked to me. That is burning slowly but surely, my brother, because I've been going through the same hate power control for Mm. 55 years, my brother. Mm. For 55 years, I've had a knee on my neck and a foot up my butt when they could. And I refuse to have anybody go through that that don't have to be. Because, Mm. man, people normally lose fights that don't fight for themselves. Well, we got a champion fight now, and uh, I know that uppercut. I know that overhand. I know that jab. And we just got to get people to understand that we got to join groups. We've got to join uh, community uh, programs. we got to do whatever we need to do, keep the narrative going, to keep the chatter going, because we got to win. We have to win, and we can't win by not showing our people a different way, by showing the kids a different way. Because it's about the youth, my man. It's about the youth. Because old folk like me, like I said, I got one foot on, on the – I got one foot in the grave and the other one on the banana peel at 55. So oh, wow. No, don't so, say that. Come need, on. Hey, man, I'm just being real with you, partner. You know, I'm old, man. I told you I got a five- and a seven-year-old that wear me out, son. But what I'm telling you is we need that <laughs> – we need that 30-year-older. We need that 25-year-older. We need that 18-year-older. We need that 16-year-older. We need that 12-year-older that's never been tainted, that wants a different way of the world. Instead of look at that beautiful white woman, what about look at that beautiful girl? What about look at that beautiful black woman? Look at that beautiful girl. Look at that handsome white man. Look at that handsome young man. Why would we single out somebody? Because we're all human beings, my brother. We all live, sleep. You're going to sleep tonight. You're going to wake up, you're going to eat breakfast, you're going to drink something, you're going to breathe some air all day long, all day, every day. If not, we won't have to worry about you. And that's like the person with the less melanation in his skin. That's like the person that's from Zimbabwe. That's like the person that is from uh, Barron. We all got to go through the same functions in life. Why not learn how to care about the next person? and make the next person's life journey a lot easier. That's what it's about, man, is making people's lives easier and making them understand you are somebody. Because, brother, 
I didn't let nobody come drop me off. And, you know, we used to ride home from football practice when we were little kids. And I literally would get off at the end of the road because I was ashamed and embarrassed and humiliated by anybody that even had the thoughts of seeing where I lived. And it was raining one night, and I remember her. I tell I talked to her a couple of days ago. Miss Farmer, Miss Farmer, uh, she said, Selwyn Jones, I'm not going to let you walk down this path because it's raining, and you're going to be all wet, and your books and your book bag and everything will be wet, and it'll be no good. I'm taking you home. And it's, I honestly thought in my mind and my heart it was, I'm taking you home so I could laugh at you. I would have jumped out of the car and ran. And I don't know. I think in their times in life that you can remember significant things. And that was one thing I'll never forget. When they turned that corner, there were like five or six people in the car. And it was like, they were all horrified. <gasps> oh, my God, so you live like this. And I got out of the car. I said, hey, man, it's okay. Hell, I've been living like this for, for 15, 16 years. It ain't going to kill me now if it ain't killed me. But it broke my right. heart every time I had an opportunity. It broke my heart every time I had to explain or I had to debate or fight or argue about me being poor. Because mm-hmm. I know my mama did their part, man. My mama did their part, and they worked as hard as they could work. But it was just that it was just that time in life that they didn't have a chance. And I want to give everybody in this world, and in my race, an equal chance to win the battle. That's what my job is, is to figure out a way how I can get that community center or get some kind of educational program so young black men in the area that I'm in, all over the country, all over the world, know that they're worthy, that young white men know that, hey, that's my brother, that's worthy. Because if we can sign on the same dotted line, to go 10,000 miles away to put ourselves in a situation where we can get blew up together. I can't we live together in happiness and harmony and respect each other. This ain't hard. Life is not supposed to be hard. Guess what? No. Life ain't supposed to be easy either, my brother. No. Wow. <laughs> I'm pretty Ooh. deep, man. I'm pretty deep. I'm I pretty know. deep. I, I know this. this. I know I this. Expect- I know this, man. I am pretty deep, and I know that I ain't even got down to the brass facts yet. But I'm pretty deep, oh, and well. I know this, man, because I, I just know, man. I shut up. I, my clock tells me, my phone tells me that I sleep between two thirty and seven thirty. Been doing that for I don't know. 16, 18 months, the, wow. I have not slept more than five hours. On my birthday, May the 22nd, I slept for 15 hours. I felt mm-hmm. like I was lost. And when I woke up, man, I was right back at it again, partner, because I can't stop. I cannot stop till I can see that black folks and white folks and Asian folks and Hispanic folks are all rejoicing and saying, hey, man, let's just have a good time. Or let's just get along. And the famous words of Mr. Rogers, will you be my friend? <laughs> will you be my friend? Okay, so let's look back a minute. So if you had, 
Is there anything that you wish could be changed with the, I guess, maybe the police departments of the United States? Do you, do you have a view on that? Do you want to abolish the police uh, or do you want to change anything? What would you think? What no, you, we don't, you don't want to abolish could, the police, man. If you abolish the police, you look at gun smoke. Matt Dillon ended everything with a gunfight, man. Bam. It's already bad enough. We don't want normal. Because normal is white folks get killed. Hey, normal is white folks get killed. Normal is people are disrespected. Why would you send 10 police cars to a mental health check? Why would you send 10 police cars to a mental health check when you can send a mental health expert and a security guard to somebody's house that is in emotional distress because all it takes, once again, sometimes all people want to hear is somebody care. That's all they want to hear that somebody cares. Hmm. And a lot of times when a lot of these situations are happening, you have to be able to digest and understand that this dude is drunk, this dude is high, this dude is mental. This dude, you know, needs his meds. You need to be able to be pretty much a social worker, a nurse, a police officer, a guard, a counselor to handle a lot of these situations, man, because we're living. The world's always the glass. The grass has been green. The sky has been blue. It isn't the world. It's the people in the world that we need to sort of kind of work on, fix or deal with or handle however way you want to put it. Mm-hmm. But all I know is this, and it has to be done. It has to be done. We have to communicate. We have to conversate. We have to educate. We have to motivate. And last, I so hate to irritate, but things don't <laughs> happen unless somebody gets mad. <laughs> is there? Do you have any, maybe a suggestion that, how things could be different or how maybe, I don't know, maybe security officers or police officers could be trained so that these kind of situations don't happen again? Uh, that we have a lot of complications. We have to – Okay. Police officers' job is to de-escalate, not escalate. Okay. We know they want to go home. Well, mm. that suspect wants to go to jail or home. Nobody wants to have their life because of a situation that could be dealt with better tomorrow. Right. (laughs) Right. And and think about it. That dude in Atlanta that was drunk in the drive-thru, first of all, he needed to have his butt kicked to fall asleep in the middle of the drive-thru. They should lock him up bad, big time. But no, he won't act like a fool, unfortunately. And just because you act like a fool, just because you made a bad decision, just because for, for two seconds you had a mental lapse don't mean you should die. Let him run on through the woods. Let him get scarred up and scratched up, and you'll be at his house at 8 o'clock in the morning. He'll have a headache, and you take his ass to jail. Right. Simple. But no, you want to put your feelings, your emotions, and your uh, come uh, uh that you're, you don't want to lose uh, and let that stick on your shoulder. And instead of letting a man run away, you shoot him in the back. 
to kill him because you did not want to chase after nobody because you did not want to do any extra work. It's easier to finish him than to do the extra work to give him an opportunity to become a member of society and be a good dad and be a good husband, a good father. Mm. You eliminated all those situations because of laziness, ego, not understanding, or not caring. And those things we need to fix, my man. Got to fix it. Damn. Okay. <laughs> wow. Uh, man, this has been a strong interview. Okay, so lastly, I want to ask you something. So I know you've, got, you've had a lot on your plate. You've been going back and forth. Is there don't anything that you me. want to – Huh? Don't, don't do it to me. No, 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 not doing anything to you. Um, is I know what you're doing to me, and I'm going to give it to you right now. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. No, wait. maybe not. Let's see. Hold on. What I want to say, what I want to ask you is, is there anything you want the audience to know about Man. that we haven't spoken about? Are there, wait, 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 Man. wait, wait. Or, or are there any causes that you might be doing that may be, that you might be getting started right now that they can contribute to or help you out with? Justice for George. 846gmail.com Instagram Justice for George 846 uh, Fan page Justice for George 929 uh, Hey, Google Uncle Selwyn, you can find me if you really need me uh, Hey, <laughs> help is always needed or wanted I knew what you were going to say, man And what Uh-oh. I want to tell these What I want to tell these good folks I want to make it simple for you Love Love will keep us together. Thank <laughs> you, whenever. That's what I'm talking about, man. I know where you were going with, and I was going to make sure I did not disappoint you. Young ladies, young gentlemen, respect well, yourself. I, well, it, here's the thing. You, it seems like you have a really big impact on what's going on for the future of uh, our race and for society and humanity. So it only makes sense, like you were, I think you said earlier, to start some type of nonprofit for yeah. youth for them to advance themselves. Like even I Let have the idea. Uh, oh, go ahead. Let me tell you something. This whole, this whole uh, year and a half since George Floyd has been uh, uh, passed away, I have mm-hmm. been supporting my movement. By me, by me going in my pocket, by me doing webinars. Nobody's giving me any money. I haven't received a lot of money. And that was not the thing that that kept me going. Because, man, I know how to make money. I need to know how. I need to figure out how to make peace. And that's where I'm at. If somebody wants to help the cause, hey, I've given you an ample, I've given you uh, situation and pages to get a hold of me with because I'm yeah. going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I am not going to stop fighting until I can't fight no more because I've got a five-year-old and a 28-year-old. And when they die, when Selwyn dies, he's laying there, I want my babies and everybody around me say, that was a good man. That was Uncle Selwyn because he tried to change the world and make everybody respect and care and know that we're all the same. 
That's what Uncle Selwyn trying to do. And Uncle Selwyn going to do it. You know, uh, so I have one, one question before we go. Uh, critical race theory. Have you heard about this? About the, the great-granddaughter of uh, the great-cousin of the – I've heard about it. What 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 do you think about that? Do you think that would that would contribute to creating peace amongst all everybody, like in the United States specifically? You know, man, I don't think that I will ever create peace with everybody because you can lead them to horse, you can lead the horse to water, my brother, but some of them will not drink. Uh, it's just like the the hunter. Uh, Situation I left from baby Texas. A lot of those people were protesting against my nephew, Brianna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery. They were protesting. Mm. I have reasons to believe that we did some research on some Facebook, and there's a lot of them that had a lot of derogatory things to say. Mm. You will never look on my Facebook. You will hear me have derogatory things to say about individuals, but about a group, you will not. And all I know is the Lord forgave them. The Lord gave me the strength to say, man, let's go. I never once said, I let me think about it, because it wasn't anything that needed to be thought about. It needed to okay. be done. So okay. all I'm telling you, man, is we can, we can slowly but surely make this a better place by everybody taking accountability in who and what you are and what you want to be. And where you going to be? Because nobody wants to be in the ghetto. Nobody wants to be on the reservation. Nobody wants to be on the dirt road without running water. So why? Let's just figure out how we can help everybody be okay. My man, hmm. I appreciate you. Got it. Yeah, you thank you. Thank you so for your time. And, yep. And send me, send me a link for the recording. We're not done because we got one, two, three, four, and five to do. But, hey, remember, man, you, remember, you got a job. You're on a job for me, man. I need that to happen. And God bless you, young okay, fellow, well, and I appreciate that. you. All right, my All man. Right, thank you, everyone, for, for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time. God bless everybody. And remember, uh, just care for somebody. Care for one person. Yep, and That's Uncle saying start. goodbye. Bye. And Uncle <laughs> saying goodbye. <laughs> Okay. I'm pretty I'm pretty crazy, man. I'm pretty dramatic. I'm pretty straightforward. I'm real.